this is Damien Brown. You are listening to the We Are Rising podcast. Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rajan Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Today, all the way from Australia, I got Damian Beatdown Brown, who will be fighting Darren Cruikshank in a lightweight fight in the Ryzen 14 uh, New Year's Eve Cinema Show. Uh, Mr. Brown, thank you very much for doing this interview. I really appreciate it. Ah, man, thanks for having me. Um, can you just uh, just uh, talk about a little bit about yourself uh, for anybody who might not be familiar yourself? Just talk about uh, how you got started in MMA, and um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. Well, um, basically, I did um, karate as a child and into my early teens. I uh, went away for a little bit, played rugby for a long time and rugby league, and then um, you know, part of my part of my journey in the military, um, I, I went back to martial arts for for. Um, you know, because it was something that was familiar to me. And um, I, I originally went back to kickboxing, and then I started uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And um, it was post-deployment, so I've, I've been deployed to Afghanistan as a soldier. And um, I really found martial arts was good for my mental and physical health post-deployment and um, to challenge me. So that's that's basically how I got, got into martial arts and then got back to it. Um, and then... <clears throat> Yeah, it just sort of um, evolved into what it is today. I mean, I, I went 6-0 and and um, I was still in the Army and then I left the Army in 2013 to pursue a career in it um, and to get to the UFC and I had a few ups and downs after that. But, um, you know, I signed with the UFC in 2016 and then they released me this year, mid-year, maybe like June, July this year. Um, and I was injured. <clears throat> I had some surgery and I was injured. So I uh, sat on the shelf for a little bit and we had a bit of a chat to, to Rosin and, um, you know, they were pretty pumped to sign me. So we worked out a deal and we got it done. And that's that's how I started and that's how I'm here. Uh, so can we just talk about how you earned the nickname Beatdown? Yeah, look, I, I had this uh, ring announcer back in Australia who used to call me all sorts of different fight names and it used to drive me nuts because I just wanted to be called Damien Brown. Um, and no matter how much we told him just to call me by my name, he would always say something when he announced my name. I'd be about to walk out and it'd throw me off. I really didn't like it. So we just kind of like forced a name. Um, and that's, that's really how that name came about. We thought my manager at the time just thought of a few different names and, and, uh, man, he's like beat down really suits your style. You know, like I take people down and I beat them up. And that's what I used to do in my early days. My first 10 fights was all about getting people to the ground and just cause an epic amount of damage until they either gave me a submission or uh, or the bell went, you know what I mean? And um, so, yeah, that's how the beatdown came about, you know, take them down, beat them down, and um, 
Sounds like, um, I don't know if you ever saw the original Spider-Man movie from the early 2000s when, uh, uh the ring announcer gives Spider-Man his name when, uh, when he's like, oh, I'm the human spider. And he says, oh, no, 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 you're going to be this, you're going to, you're going to be Spider-Man from now on. Sounds, yeah. so, it sounds like it that. Was just, it was just a nickname to get rid of nicknames. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, you know, like, it's stuck after a while and, and here we are. Still got it. So, uh, just tell me a little bit about oh, when you were starting off in the Australian regional scene. How was MMA? How what was what was the status of it like in Australia at the time you were starting out? Uh, my first professional fight was two thousand and ten, uh, and it was you know it wasn't big here. It never was. Like it only got big in the last couple of years, especially with us now having you know Robert Whitaker as the UFC world champion. Um, it's definitely brought a lot of light to it. But, you know, it still had that old, like, oh, it's barbaric kind of, you know, human cockfighting thing. And so even my family were like, you're what? You're fighting MMA? Like, yeah, I'm fighting in a cage. Like, what? That is ridiculous. Like, my family were weird on it. And uh, so it was like kind of like you're doing something that was frowned upon back then. Um, but it's definitely evolved now, and it's, it's more widely accepted mainstream in Australia now than what it was back then. Was it was it a ban for a time in Australia? Was it what, sorry? Was it banned for a time in Australia? No, MMA's never been banned in Australia. The cage was banned. Mm. So, um, so Western Australia and Victoria, um, and I think maybe even um, South Australia for a bit, which is where Adelaide is, the UFC event uh, this weekend, They all three of those states banned the cage. So you could hold MMA events in a ring, and you could fight. It's all the same, but you couldn't have a cage because they viewed it as, uh, you know, just a, a barbaric sort of, um, I guess, platform. And so they just banned the cage, and no matter how much people fought for the safety of the fighters and saying the cage was better at the time, they just um, they didn't care. So um, it, yeah, it took a long time. I think it was only like 2000 and... 16 maybe I think like started 2016 that they they um took the band down from uh that they took the band down from um uh Victoria and that's when the UFC went there and then they took the Western Australia one down and the Adelaide one at the same time so yeah it's it's good now in Australia but it was definitely just the case that was banned I see I see so um speaking of um uh, of um so, so you, you, you have you when you started off, did you uh, f- uh, fight mostly in rings at the time? No, so I, I, I'm from Queensland in Australia, and the cages were fine. So I fought in the cage for my first um, eight fights, and then after that, I went to Asia and I fought on another show over in Asia, and they were in a ring, and um, that was actually my first fight in a ring, and. Uh, yeah, it was, I loved it. It was a, certainly a different experience. You know, you got a different dynamic in the ring. You can certainly, you can get cut off in the ring. And, you know, the cage is a little harder to cut people off. Um, so, yeah, uh, I fought in a ring three times. Um, and I loved it, man. So I'm looking really looking forward to New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the ring, yeah. So just can you talk about how, how you got involved with Ryzen? Um, how the fight uh, with uh, Darren Cruikshank came about? Uh, yep. Um, 
so the fight with Darren Crookshank, I got offered for the September 30 fight. Um, you know, I was coming off some injuries and I was, I was ready to bounce back into it. But um, just for whatever reason, um, we said yes. And a couple of weeks later, we still weren't sure whether the fight was going to go ahead. So we just had some troubles. Like, it was too close to get into camp and to get... I work a full-time job as well. So it was too close for us to get into a camp and put a full camp in off the back of a seven-month layoff. So, um, you know, they uh, they said, look, let's let's do New Year's Eve. So I was always going to follow New Year's Eve. Um, obviously, no one knew that. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a fight, like an agreement with them at the time or a bout agreement. Um, but we were pretty confident that it was going to happen uh, from the interactions we had with them. And then, um, you know, Cookshane fought Brandau and... As soon as that fight was over, I was like, let's do it. I want that fight. I want it on New Year's Eve. Mm. Biggest card of the year in the, the famous arena. And um, and I want Crookshank. You know, he's, he's one of the best lightweights, if not the best lightweight in uh, in Rosin. And, uh, man, I want, you know, I want the biggest fights on the best deal that I can get against anyone. I don't care. Man, I, I'm just the guy that comes and fights, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm very old school. Um I'm not going to point spar anyone. I'm coming for a finish. Um, so it's kill or be killed, you know, uh, so they say. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you're like, you know, we asked for it straight away and it happened within a week. Like, within a week, they, they sent us a fight agreement after September 30. So I knew about this fight back in uh, in October. Like, mid-October, I'd signed the, the contract and I was ready to fight. Signed the contract seven weeks ago. And uh, so, have you have you ever had any interaction with Crookshank um, prior um, to this fight that's coming up? Did you ever you ever run into him or have any uh, talked to him or any had any sort of interaction with him ever before? Never, man. I've I've never met the guy. Never seen the guy in person. I've watched a bunch of his fights. The dude's good, you know. Um, he, he went on a tear in the UFC for a bit, and. Uh, I think from memory, the, the guys that beat him were top 15 guys. So, you know, that's nothing to be sneezed at, especially in the lightweight division um, for that promotion. It's very deep um, and in the world in general. So uh, I, know, I know he's very good and he's a martial artist and, he, and he's respectful in that. And I've never seen him, you know, talk any trash or, you know, disrespect his opponents or anything. So I imagine he'll be uh, a good, solid, good solid, uh, solid opponent. Um, it should be a, a pretty fun fight, but here's a here's a fun fact for you, man. So, uh, Darren Crookshank's manager, right? I had six fights in the UFC, and he managed four of them. So when they rang him and offered him the Crookshank fight, uh, offered him me as an opponent for Darren, uh, he just started laughing. I just talked to him tonight. For, he's 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 back in the, he's over in Australia for this event, and he was like, man, when they rang me. And they offered me you. I'm like, oh, dude, seriously? So I fought this guy's fighters four times already, three times already. Mm. And so now, you know, I'll fight another one. So, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like, it doesn't matter where I go in the world. I always seem to get these these guys who are all managed by the same person. So <laughs> um, it's, it's turned into a bit of a running joke now, actually. So, yeah. No, that's it's funny. That's, that's, re- that's really, really funny that, uh, that it's... One of those weird MMA six degrees of separation thing, kind of. Yeah, man, I'm like, okay, fair enough. You got all these guys in the UFC. But then I go and fight in Japan, and I still get one of you guys, like, you know. So uh, I found it kind of funny, and we had a bit of a laugh about it tonight. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a cool guy, man. Um, and so I'm sure 
I'm sure he represents, you know, good athletes, and I'm sure that um, Darren will come in ready and respectful and will put on a wall for the Japanese fans and the fans around the world. So how do you how do you see the fight going? Uh, do you see the fight? Uh, do you want this fight to do to be? Uh, contended mostly standing up. Do you want to take him to the ground and finish him that way? How do you want this fight to go uh, in your favor? Man, I don't, um, I don't really care how the fight plays out as long as both of us are trying to finish each other is really all I care about. Um, I know that Japanese MMA fans and promotions aren't, aren't as you know bad as others as far as if you lose, you're going to get cut. And if you win, you know, win-loss record, they want wars, they want good fights. And uh, as long as both of us bring it, then that's all I really care about. But I think this fight will, um, you know, I'm certainly not going to be sitting on the outside letting him kick me all night long. So I think it'll be played out in the pocket, and um, and that's exactly what the fans will want. And uh, if it goes to the ground, I think I'll get the finish. Mm. But I'm confident I'll get the finish on the feet or on the ground, but certainly won't be sitting on the outside. Mm. And so right now, how, your training regimen, uh, how, how are you training, uh, training for uh, for this fight that's coming up? I train twice a day, every day, Monday to Friday, and once on Saturdays. Um, and then sometimes in there I'll train like sort of two days a week. I'll do three sessions. So, um, yeah, um, I'm blessed to have, you know, wicked sponsors and, and people to support me and so I can put that work in and not have to worry about it um, being too much. So it's, it's awesome, man. I've got a really good training regime. I don't work when I'm in training camp, so... Awake, asleep, wake up, eat, train, eat, train, eat, go back to sleep, and um, and I've got amazing support from my family. So it's been it's been a pretty wicked um, training camp so far. Has your uh, has is your training uh, any different also because you're going back to a uh, your a ring now um, as opposed to fighting in a cage, which you've been doing for the last few years? No, nah, I always trained in a ring anyway. Like I never trained in a cage. So when I was get like, I don't believe that you need to get, like, train in the cage to get ready for the cage. We just put, we just train in the corner of the room where there's walls at least so you can't, you know, you're sort of blocked in. Or, um, you know, I train in a few different gyms and um, some of them have got boxing rings. So we train in boxing rings anyway. Um, so I haven't been doing anything different. You know, I train to get better as a martial artist and uh, I believe I can beat any lightweight in the world on the right day. So, um you know, it's just about putting the things together we think we need and working on the things we think we need to work on and putting a game plan together to uh, to go in there and, and get the finish. Uh, so, uh, speaking of uh, defeating the, uh, defeating uh, lightweight, so what was, uh, you, you defeat uh, Darren Crookshank. Who would you like to fight next in Ryzen if you were given a, an opportunity to uh, call out a fighter or make a choice in who you fight next? Oh, man, you know what? I'd love to fight Takanori Gomi. The dude's a Japanese legend. He's fought everywhere against everyone. And, um, you know, I know he won recently, and I just think that um, it'd be, it's not so much about winning or losing. It'd just be a really cool fight to have on my record and to say, you know what, I fought Takanori Gomi. So I think I think that'd be a cool fight. But, um you know, with a win over Darren Cookshank, I hope that Ryzen holds a lightweight Grand Prix next year, and I'm I'm in it. And uh, and if I'm in it, I don't care who's in it or who I'm against. Um, but uh, but yeah, they you know they got some uh, they got some really good guys in the promotion now. I know they signed uh, Johnny Case. Um, they got uh, is it Yusuke Yachi? Yep. 
Yep. They got him as well, who you know he slept Crookshank. So, um, you know, there's there's a bunch of good guys. So uh, I don't really care as long as um, you know they look after me and give me fights and uh, let me make some money to feed my family. So um, if they do that, then then I'm happy to fight anyone they put in front of me. I'll never say no to an opponent anyway. Um, but I just need to focus on this one for now and. When we get it out of the way, we'll, we'll talk business and we'll see if we can get another big fight. Like I said, I want the biggest fights against the best opponents I can find at the time around the world. And uh, and right now it's in Rosen. So whatever the biggest name they got, I want it. Well, uh, I'm curious to know as well, if they offered you an opportunity for a kickboxing match, uh, since Ryzen does put kickboxing fights on, would you uh, be willing to take a kickboxing fight against uh, an I opponent? Any, I couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> No, I wouldn't fight kickboxing. Those guys, uh, they're checking kicks and stuff, man. That, that stuff hurts his shins. No, I, um, I it's funny. I was talking to two people today, and both of them were talking about boxing, kickboxing, and MMA. I'd box, but I'm not interested in kickboxing. Um, it's it's not... Um, I like training it, you know what I mean? I like I like it as a discipline. I like having it in my arsenal. I like having it in my game, and... My fights, I do, I do kickbox. You know, like I stand up with guys until I'm ready to go to the ground. So it's not that I'm not comfortable there. I just, um, you know, it's just not something that makes me tick. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not a, it's not a discipline that makes me go, man. I can't wait to do a full kickboxing fight camp and put the work in and then fight. Like that doesn't boxing, yeah, MMA, yeah, kickboxing just doesn't. It doesn't make me tick, man. You know, so um. So, you know, but in saying that, money makes me tick. So, um, if they if they offered me a kickboxing fight and, and all the uh, you know all the details are right and the, and the stars lined up, then you know maybe I'd say yes. But it's it's definitely not something that I would chase. Mm-hmm. Um, if they wanted someone to do a boxing fight, different story. Um, but I'd like to stick to MMA for a little while and just see where we go from there. Mm. And speaking of uh, boxing, um, do you have any thoughts on the uh, on the what I guess will be the um, the supposed main uh, uh, fight on the card? Will be a exhibition uh, match between Floyd Mayweather and Tenshin Nakazawa. Do you have a pick, or do you have any thoughts on that uh, main event? Um, well, I mean, Nakazawa is a, a beast, man. I've been watching his fights the last few fight shows and. Um, his last fight, he's, he's fearless, you know, and he's got that undefeated confidence as well, but I mean, Mayweather's hardly been touched in his career, you know, I mean, he's hardly been hit, so it's just hard to see him losing anything, but, you know, he, he's promoted as a, a light a light move around an exhibition fight, highest paid exhibition fight ever, so, you know, I think whether it's promotion or not, like, I'm not sure, but, you know, he, he's promoted like an exhibition fight, and I know I've seen uh, Nasakawa's Twitter and stuff like that, and he's like, man, my right hand was was made to finish, guys, so, you know, one's promoted as a fight, the other one's promoted as an exhibition match, so, I'm not sure whether predicting a win is the right thing to do, but, um, but I certainly think that, uh, uh, well, I hope the fight is definitely signed on con- on paper, and there's no way either of them can pull out, I know Nasakawa won't, but there's no way that Mayweather can pull out, but... If he doesn't, and if it's all signed and it's actually going ahead, then, uh, you know, the probably the most impressive part is all the other fighters on the card are going to have these extra eyes on them, and I think that's I think that's um, good for the sport, good for Ryzen, and definitely 100% good for the fighters on that card. So 
I can't wait to have more eyes on me when I when I put on the show. Mm. Uh, but will this be your first time fighting Japan? I don't believe it is. Um, is it's it? My first time going to Japan. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Ever. I can't wait. I've never been to Japan. I've never fought in Japan. I've fought Japanese fighters, but never in Japan. Okay, okay. So, very excited. Uh, we got some actually some Twitter questions. Um, I like to uh, shoot over to you. Uh, the first question comes from uh, Combat Life, and his and their Twitter is at at Combat Life MMA, and it looks like he's a fellow Aussie as well. This is the uh, this is the first question that he has. He says, being from the same city as you, Brisbane. Uh, here's a local cred question. How do you train in Bris Vegas when it's hotter than a shearer's armpit and Japan will be colder than a bushman's grave? Uh, I just do. It doesn't, to me, the weather's not a big deal. Um, you know, by the time you've warmed up ready for a fight, it doesn't matter. Inside the arena, you just, it's not like I'm fighting outside. You know what I mean? I'm fighting in a closed-in arena. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if it's freezing over there, it'll be uh, it's the famous arena. It's got to be set at some kind of temperature. But, yeah, you know, um, I just train and um, go over there and fight. I don't know. I don't really think about it. I just mm-hmm. do it. What is actually is Briz Vegas? What is he referring to when, he's, when he asks that? Uh, everyone calls it Briz Vegas, like as in Las Vegas, but it's in Brisbane because it's, uh, it's a fun party city and um, everyone goes there for holidays because you got the Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast, North and oh, South. Oh, okay. So yeah, everyone, everyone like parties in Bris Vegas. So I got you. That's it's, funny. It's got this name, Bris Vegas. Okay, and uh, Combat Life has a few more questions. He wants to know your thoughts on the Jeff Horn Anthony Mundine uh, boxing match that just happened recently, where uh, Jeff Horn uh, knocked last out night, the ninety-six second knockout by yep. Jeff Horn. I'm not sure that fight did anything for Jeff Horn, but it certainly filled up his bank account. Um, look, let's be honest, Anthony Mundine's 43 years old, made 70 kilos, he probably wasn't, he probably wasn't really, um, in a position to take the heavy shots that, that Horn had, but I definitely thought that Mundine had the ability to sit on the outside and tap in, tap, 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 and score points and, and, uh, take a decision win, but he had to get through those first four or five rounds and he wasn't able to do that, so, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's, um, I think it's fantastic. I'm a, I'm a supporter of, you know, like, I don't like the way Mundine talks and the trash talks. I, like, I hate that stuff. But I'm a supporter of the way he boxes. He, he is a good boxer and he's a good rugby league player back in his day. And I thought that, um, you know, he, he maybe deserves a little bit more respect for his athletic accomplishments. Um, but, yeah, he talks a lot of trash. People don't like him. But it was, it, you know, it was, um, it was a mismatch from the beginning. You got an up-and-coming... Or like a guy coming off the back of a Terence Crawford, Manny Pacquiao fights, fighting a 43-year-old Anthony Mundine who's lost four out of his last eight fights. Like it's, it just doesn't make any sense to me, even on an Australian level. But um, but I thought it went how everyone expected it to go. Um, just a little quicker, probably, than everyone expected it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a question you've probably been asked this quite a few times um, since it but he wanted to get your thoughts on your last UFC fight in Perth um, UFC 221 um, and that was against uh, I believe that was against uh, Dong Young Kim is that correct? yeah look it just um, it was just uh, you know I was coming off two losses and and we anticipated that he was going to come forward crashing into punches and try and take us down and uh, threw a leg kick in the first round and broke his broke his um, leg, 
and I broke his fibula, and uh, it was just, you know, he just never came forward after that. So um, I spent an entire training camp for the first time in my career game planning and drilling that game plan so as we could go in there and, and expect him to come forward and do what he does to everyone. And it didn't happen because I broke his leg. So um, we just weren't really ready to sit on the outside, but that's what happened. And, <clears throat> you know, I thought I won um, at least two rounds. And obviously one judge thought I did as well. And it wasn't a big man. That's the fight game. I don't sit around and whinge about results. I don't sit around and whinge about you know, what I should or shouldn't have done, and obviously, it eats at me, you know, like, I feel like I should have done more, and I feel like the couple of times that I kicked him off his feet, that were my opportunities to get on top and cause some damage and maybe and maybe finish the fight, but for whatever reason, it's something that people never understand until they get to the UFC, if they ever do, and that is, the pressure to win every fight is so insane, um, it changes the way you fight, and you... Before you get there, you always say, I'll never let it change the way I fight. But when you get there and you realize the money you can make and you realize just how much better your life is as a fighter than fighting for $1,000 on a local circuit, um, you know, you don't change your game initially. But when the pressure's on and you're worried about losing three in a row, um, it certainly changes that. You know, for me, it took away that killer instinct. In the past, I would have jumped on him and finished him. But, um, but I just sat on the outside. I thought I was up. I listened to my corner. We followed our game plan, and we were certain we had at least three rounds, uh, at least two rounds, maybe three. Um, but that's the way the game goes. Like I said, you know, judges seen it a different way, and I just take it on the chin, man, and move on. And it sucks that it ended my UFC career, but it's opened the door for plenty more opportunities. So, um, yeah, that's that's my <laughs> thoughts on it. Uh, he also wanted to know what what do you think of the crossovers on this card? Do you have some Ryzen versus Bellator matches with the? Uh, Horiguchi versus Darian Caldwell match. You have Ryzen versus fantastic. boxing, which we which we also talked about. What do you think about? It? Do you think it's good for the sport, fantastic, fighters, man. fans? That's awesome. Like MMA is about combat sports. It's about the best combat sports athletes competing against one another in a different rule set. That's what it started as. That's what MMA was about. Jiu Jitsu guy fighting a striker, striker guy fighting a striker, Jiu Jitsu guy fighting a wrestler. Like <clears throat> that's how it all started, and uh, that's how. I just, I just love it, man. I'm old school. You know, I, lo- I like the people who are willing to test themselves. And, you know, I think this whole, this best, the best people in the world, like, look at Michael Chandler, man. How cool would it be to see Michael Chandler and Khabib Nurmagomedov? How cool would that fight be? You know what I mean? Like, that is intriguing. Mm-hmm. So, um, to, to me, I think it's the greatest thing for the sport of MMA as a whole that promotions can cross-promote fighters. And, Athletes just, they sign all these athletes and they take them off the market. They fight twice a year. How are you meant to feed your family on $40,000 a year? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're fighting the biggest promotion, two, three, four biggest promotions in the world, making okay money. Not the best money. We all should be paid better. But, you know, you're making the money that you knew you were going to get paid when you got into this sport. But if... But if you're making that money and you still need to fight three or four times a year, you'll make money. If you fight twice a year, you're feeding your family. That's it. You get punched in the face to feed your family. Like, it's just not, you might as well go get a job. So, I think it's fantastic for the athletes that they can cross, you know, cross-promote 
from the promotion's point of view and give guys fights. I think it's awesome. Mm. And uh, his last question is, he wants to know what your thoughts are on MMA in the Asia Austra- and Australia scene now. Um, yeah, just talk about how you think uh, your thoughts on MMA in Australia in Asia right now. Man, I think it's growing huge. Like you, you can see the buzz around events these days where, you know, there's, there's people like in the lead-up days that are excited about the events. You know, like you look at the biggest sporting events in Australia, and I can't really speak for Asia because I don't do a lot of fights in Asia in the last few years, but, you know, like in Australia at the moment, the biggest events, they all have these lead-ups, you know, like ceremonial weigh-ins and uh, meet-and-greets and all this. And in the past, those things weren't a big hit in Australia with MMA, but they're getting bigger. You know, like there was a meet and greet yesterday with uh, Israel Adesanya and Alex Volkanovski, and the pub was packed out, and they're all down the street. Like that's the kind of things you want to see for this sport. And so I think in Australia, it's getting bigger, um, and it's getting bigger not just because the sport's getting bigger in the world, but we're proven over in Australia and New Zealand that uh, we've got some athletes that are a force to be reckoned with across the world, and um, and I think that's bringing more recognition to this, this sport out here and, um, and more following. Mm. Uh, we got some more questions from another follower. Uh, his name is Bishop. Uh, his Twitter is at Ronan Bishop. You were talking a little bit about FirePay before, and he has a little bit of some questions that relate to that. Uh, I don't know how much you could talk about um, the answers to some of these questions, but I'm going to ask them anyway, and you can answer however as best as you like. Um, he want, uh, His first question is he wants to know what the pay structure is like. Is it... Like, is it 50 win, 50 to show, or more like pride, 730 splits? Uh, I don't know how much you could comment is he, on that. Is he, talking, is he talking Ryzen? Oh, yes, Ryzen, yes. Uh, so it's like a 70-30 split, So which is what I, what I think is better. I actually think that a flat rate's the best way to pay athletes. I think if you're an athlete and you're in this sport, you need to be motivated by a win, a win bonus and you retire. Um I'm motivated by not losing in front of millions of people and not losing at all. So I think a flat rate where athletes make more money, but I think that at the same time, the reason why there isn't flat rates is because promotions can save half the money. So I like the idea of a 70-30, 80-20 split. I think that's fantastic, and I'm sure that you know Ryzen do it different for everyone, so does some other promotions, but most other promotions are a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's more like a 70, I don't know. I don't know the numbers, but we'll go with a 70-30. Okay, um, his second question is, is it good pay? I'll leave that up to you if you want, how much you want to answer that one. Uh, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave the UFC and fight for nothing. You know what I mean? That's why I didn't come back to Australia and fight. So, uh, <coughs> it's enough to keep me fighting. Mm. Just leave it at that. Um, and uh, you talked a little bit about sponsors before, but uh, right now, uh, UFC obviously has the restriction on sponsors. Ryzen doesn't have a restriction, as far as I know, on sponsors, as far as I know. But it, was it easy getting sponsors uh, for your uh, fight coming up with uh, Ryzen? Yeah, man, I, um, I doubled and some my, my current sponsorship. And, uh, you know, also the current the sponsors that I've had for a while that have stuck by me. Um, you know, I'm obviously going to get a little bit better coverage now because I can not only promote them on my social media, but I can wear their stuff. You know, so like in the past, I've been sponsored by Engage, uh, Engage Industries, and I can't wear any of their stuff except for in training. So, like, I'm sponsored by this apparel company that gets nothing in peak week, whereas now I can fight in their clothes. So, you know, everyone's going to know who EngageIND.com is. So, you know, that's that's a cool thing, um, and that's how that's how I think it should be. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's certainly cool. And I've, 
I've definitely picked up, you know, more sponsors since um, leaving the UFC. Mm -hmm. And his last question is, um, what uh, regarding your fight deal, are you on a multiple fight deal or are you on a fight-to-fight basis? No, I signed a two-fight agreement with Ryzen. Okay, good, good, good. And, um... Let's see, the last question I have is from at Teep, uh, Teep to the Junk, uh, whose Twitter follow, uh, handles at Teep to the Junk. It is a very important question. It is the most important question of all time. He asks, porn stash, yay or nay? Nay. <laughs> Who has a porn stash these days? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you asked that. I don't know if you, if you ever had one. That's why he asked that. Uh, my, or... my opponent's got one. Oh, okay. oh yeah, oh yes, Darren. Shanks got a porn stash. Yes, oh, that's true. I totally forgot about that. Yes, yeah. Um, so no on the porn stash. Is that what you're saying officially on the record? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> okay. Damien, um, uh, I want to give... talk to Darren about that when I get there. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like we're gonna have to talk about this because I got a full beard and I'm just not quite sure the porn stash is. To me, it seems like a little bit of confusion. Maybe he's <laughs> just not sure whether to grow it or not. Yes, yeah, see. Maybe we'll have to sit down as man and talk about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, actually, I want right now. I want to give you an opportunity in case of Darren Crookshank ever listens to this audio. Uh, what uh, if there's anything you want to say to him? You can talk trash. You can wish him a happy new year. You can. Uh, hey, this so, is uh, yours. I don't, I don't talk trash. I'm a martial artist. I want to compete against the best in the world. And I want to compete like a warrior, you know what I mean? I want to go in there, I want to throw down, I want the fans to get their money's worth, and I don't care about winning or losing, I care about finishing fights. So, um, leave the point sparring in America, I'll meet you in Japan for a walk. So, um, that's that's all I really got to say about it. You know oh. what I mean? I, I don't want to trash talk anyone, I don't want to do that, I'm humble, I'm respectful, and uh, I just want a war, so bring it. Um, also, being that it's your first time uh, ever in Japan, I just want to get your uh, your thoughts. Uh, being this will be your first time ever in Japan. What is it, what are you yeah. gonna be doing for New Year's Eve in Japan? Do you have any plans to do anything for um, celebrate? I'm gonna be celebrate, man. I'm celebrating the win. I don't know what I'm gonna do afterwards. I could run rogue. I'm flying home the next day, but so I have to be careful. <laughs> I can tell you right now, as someone's been to New Year's uh, in Japan. It is an entirely different beast than anywhere else in the world. That's awesome, man! I can't wait. Um, I also want to give you an I want to give you an opportunity, uh, Damien, to uh, plug your sponsors, uh, plug your social media, where people can find you. Go ahead, uh, plug all that away. Yeah, so uh, you know, I'm very thankful for the sponsors I got: CTBS, um, Convention Packs, and Business Services in Brisbane. They don't just service Brisbane clientele; they service people all over the world. So um, check them out. Check out their website. Australian Sports Nutrition, asn.com.au for all your supplement needs. Those guys have got everything, uh, every brand, everything. Best best supplements in the business. Uh, Engage Industries, so engageind.com. Uh, apparel, sparring gear, everything you need fight-wise, those guys have got it. And then fight apparel as well if you need like all your stuff done up. Those guys have got everything, and it's the best in the biz. I'm not even kidding. Like I've worn gloves from everyone. Those guys, I've had gloves for years, and they don't break. So, um, you know, I'm very thankful for those for those sponsors that are um, sticking by me, and I'm thankful for Windows Transport Express Services who who helped me out as well. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm just looking forward to um, to getting to Japan and representing my gyms, my teams from uh, the Garage Grappling and Team Compton in Brisbane. So it's very exciting. Thank you for your uh, for that opportunity. And uh, uh, go ahead and plug your social media as well while you're at it. Yeah, man, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at 
Beatdown, B-E-A-T-D-O-W-N, 155, on all three social media platforms. Um, and then, uh, you know, Damien Brown, Damien Beatdown Brown on my YouTube. Uh, you can follow that as well. I don't put a lot of stuff up there, but uh, more subscribers, the better. But, um, yeah, just follow me on social media and um, tell me what you want to hear and, you know, interact. I always talk to my fans as much as possible. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, one more. Not, I have a non MMA related question. I'm curious to know: Kangaroo meat, yay or nay? Say that again. Kangaroo meat, yay or nay? Meat. Yes, it's the leanest meat you can get with the highest protein content. Yay! It's got to be cooked right. Can't eat. Can't eat. Well done, kangaroo meat. It's got to be cooked rare. I've only found a, there's only one store in New York City that actually carries kangaroo meat, and it is insanely expensive, but it is very good. I can attest really? that it's out good. here. It's like five bucks for two steaks. Oh, it's really cheap. <laughs> it, it it was about twenty to twenty five dollars a pound at this uh, supermarket. Um, oh Jesus, that's like five bucks out here. Oh no, it is. You cannot find kangaroo meat. It is so hard to find here in in New well, York City. It's going to be imported and stuff, so you got all those extra taxes and costs. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, but we farm it. It's pretty easy. Uh, but Damien, um, thank you very much for talking to me. Um, Damien Brown will be fighting uh, Darren Cookshank December thirty first at Saitama Arena for Ryzen fourteen. Uh, you got a tough opponent ahead of you, but I th- I think you're gonna bring it to the you're gonna bring an exciting fight. And I honestly wish you the best of luck in this fight, and I hope to uh, see you again in a rising ring in the near future. Thank you, man, and thank you to everyone that listens to your podcast. I really appreciate it, Tom. No problem, no problem. Thank you again for taking the time out to do this. I appreciate it. No, no worries, man. Okay, take care and have a good day. See ya.